Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, we got BTC, $50,449.03, up 2.12%. Ethereum at number two, $4,331.57, up 3.12%. Finance coin number three, $587.58, up 5.53%. Tether at number four, $1.00. Solana at number five, $194.20, down 1.06%. Cardano at number six, $1.42, up 3.05%. USD coin number seven, 99 cents. XRP number eight, 82 cents, up 2.25%. Polkadot at number nine, $28.30, down 0.26%. And last but not least, number 10, Terra, $66.56, down 3.14%. Let's take a look at the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for correction. So what we got today is extreme fear at 25. Yesterday was extreme fear at 16. Last week was fear at 40. And last month was greed at 73. Let's take a look at our five articles today. Article number one is... Bitcoin whales move fresh coins to exchanges in repeat of behavior before 42K BTC price dip. Article number two, why Peter Brandt believes Bitcoin's downtrend was engineered. Article number three, Bitcoin failed in El Salvador. The president says the answer is more Bitcoin. Article number four, Quant explains how this Bitcoin crash is different from May's. And last but not least, the main topic today is investing in crypto, what to know about the new tax reporting requirements. All right, before we get into the articles, just want to say thank you so much to all my supporters. Again, if you're catching me on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and if you're in YouTube space, please like, share, and subscribe. It helps me out greatly. All right, let's keep on going, guys. Article number one is Bitcoin whales move fresh coins to exchanges in repeat of behavior before 42K BTC price drip. Large volume trader moves point to concerns that a fresh Bitcoin price dip could still occur. Bitcoin whales may be planning to sell short notice as BTC price action struggles around $47,000. In its daily quick take market updates on December 5th, on-chain analytics firm CryptoQuant warned that large volume movements on exchanges were increasing again. Data points to whales increasingly eager to sell. Highlighting its exchange whale ratio metric, CryptoQuant deduced that major Bitcoin investors were taking no chances when it comes to short-term price action. Exchange whale ratio measures the size of the largest inflows and outflows from exchanges relative to total inflows and outflows. Before Saturday's dip to $41,900, the metric spiked above the peak 0.95 level. And as of Monday, it's back in the same territory. Whales are still depositing BTC to exchanges. Exchange whale ratio reached over 95% again, CryptoQuant commented. Taker buy-sell ratio still remains negative, indicating the futures market sentiment is bearish. As Cointelegraph reported, open interest on futures markets fell dramatically at the end of last week but a debate remains over whether the flushing out was enough to save price action from further losses. The period where the majority of the markets are only expecting further downside to happen, Cointelegraph contributor Michael Van de Pop uh, continued on the day about market sentiment. 
just like three weeks ago, majority were expecting a parabolic run to be happening in December. Exchanges resume overall BTC losses. Continuing, CryptoQuant noted that exchange reserves were already back to their existing long-term downtrend after briefly spiking immediately before the dip. The futures market started cooling off as the estimated leverage ratio dropped minus 22% it added. Throughout the past few days, smaller investors have conversely been adding to their positions, a contrast to both whales and Bitcoin price corrections from earlier in 2021. So there you guys have it. Bitcoin whales move fresh coins to exchanges in repeat of behavior before 42K BTC price dip. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think about that. All right, article number two, why Peter Brandt believes Bitcoin's downtrend was engineered. After a brutal weekend for the bulls, Bitcoin is yet to stabilize around the high area of its current levels. As of press time, BTC price trades at $48,727 with a 2% profit in the 24 hours and a 14.9% loss during the past week. Data from material indicators suggest Bitcoin has major support at $46,000 as over $26 million in bid orders sit at this level. To the upside, BTC's price has several levels of resistance at $50,000 and $51,000 as seen in the charts below. So for the data provided by material indicators, suggests big players have been behind Bitcoin's recent price action reacting to macroeconomic factors. As seen below, the announcements made by the U.S. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell last week almost immediately translated into movements in BTC's order book. Walls been pulled, either they've been done accumulating and wall was also pulled at the time or fall queue is right. Jay Powell's speech is translated into pull order plus added resistance. Acknowledging rampant inflation means they won't continue to add to the problem. Market spoke. The chart above shows how high levels of resistance at $70,000 and support at $50,000, the range BTC's price was stuck in until the past Friday over the past week. There have been several bid and ask orders placed in a fashion attributed to large and institutional players, according to material indicators. This coincides with QCP Capital's speculation that a whale or institutional players were bringing down Bitcoin's rally as it moved into the $60,000 area. Another veteran trader, Peter Brandt, seems to share the same thesis via his Twitter account. Brandt showed the image below to demonstrate that BTC's price recent downtrend saw a significantly less selling volume than during May's crash from 65000 to 30000 The legendary trader added, we have not seen this type of panic selling volume that characterizes market bottoms. Not that such volume spikes are necessary, but to date, the volume profile more resembles a bear trend engineered by big operators. So is there more blood in Bitcoin's future? Why the crypto market could have changed. Still trading above $40,000, selling pressure could still increase to retest the support in the $30,000 mark, leading to another consolidation phase as one experience after May's crash. For the time being, the crypto market sits at a high uncertainty as the violent move needs time to settle in. This goes against the expectations of those waiting for BTC to behave similarly to 2013 and 2017. At that time, Bitcoin did a massive rally into December that preceded a multi-year bear market. However, new market participants could be changing its dynamics, thus affecting the inner cycles that are embedded into veteran operators. 
As a consequence of adoption by institutions, Bitcoin seems to be more susceptible to their influence. Pantera Capital CEO Dan Tapiero and analyst William Clemente stand among them that believe BTC's market dynamics have changed. Will Clemente tweets, have talked about this for a while, but really think there's a good chance four-year cycles are over. Why? The type of market participants we now have could very well see rounded tops, bottoms from now on. Invalidation would have been a blow-off top with then expected prolonged bear. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? Why Peter Brandt believes Bitcoin's downtrend was engineered. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think about that. All right. Let's keep on going. Article number three, Bitcoin failed in El Salvador. The president says the answer is more Bitcoin. Salvadoran President Nayib Bukele is spinning new projects as fast as he can. Salvadoran President Nayib Bukele's experiment in making Bitcoin an official national currency alongside the U.S. dollar, which has been the currency since 2001, has not gone well. But when a con artist grift starts to fall apart, he knows to move on to the next one fast. The same goes for fast-talking presidents. More than 91% of Salvadorans want dollars, not Bitcoins. The official Chivo payment system was unreliable at launch in September, the kiss of death for a new system. Users joined for the $30 sign-up bonus, spent it or cashed it out, then didn't use Chivo again. The system completely failed to check new users' photos, relying solely on their national identity card number and date of birth. Massive identity fraud to steal sign-up bonuses ensued. Bitcoin's ridiculously volatile price was appreciated only by aspiring day traders. Large street protests against compulsory Bitcoin implementation continued through October. The government stopped promoting Shivo on radio, TV, and social media. Shivo buses and vans were seen with plastic tape over the company's logo. Bukele's financial problems remain. El Salvador can't print its own dollars, so Bukele urgently needs to fund his heavy deficit spending. The International Monetary Fund has not lent the country the $1 billion Bukele asked for and has indicated its strong concerns about the Bitcoin scheme. So Bukele, known for its populism that it's half-aspiring dictator, half-Elon Musk, once more announced national policy from the stage. At the Latin American Bitcoin and Blockchain Conference on November 20, Bukele came on stage to an animation of beaming down from a flying saucer and outlined his plans for Bitcoin City, a new charter city to be built from scratch, centered on Bitcoin mining and powered by a volcano. Bitcoin City would be paid with the issuance of $1 billion in volcano bonds starting in mid-2022. The 10-year volcano bonds would pay 6.5% annual interest. The $500 million of the bond revenue would be ensued to buy Bitcoins. The Bitcoins would be locked up for five years, then sold to recover the $500 million purchase price. Any profit on the sale would be paid out as an additional dividend. Holding $100,000 in volcano bonds for five years would qualify investors for Salvadoran citizenship. U.S. Bitcoin services company Blockstream first proposed the volcano bonds to Bukele in July. The bonds will be issued as a tokenized securities on Blockstream's proprietary liquid blockchain. Samson Mo of Blockstream assured Bloomberg that all numbers would work out. Under Mo's uh, rosy assumption that the price of one Bitcoin would hit $1 million within five years. 
holders of El Salvador's existing sovereign debt were unimpressed. The volcano bonds would be a strictly worse investment than buying the country's existing bonds and hedging them with bitcoins. The existing bonds dropped from 75 cents on the dollar to a record low of 63.4 cents after the volcano bond announcement. The bonds are set to be issued via Bitfinex Securities, a new unit of iFinex, which runs the Bitfinex cryptocurrency exchange and the Tether stablecoins. iFinex is the company that was fined $18.5 million by the state of New York in February and $41 million by the U.S. Commodities and Futures Trading Commission in October for repeated false statements and maladministration over several years concerning the reserves that supposedly backed Tether stablecoin. El Salvador and iFinex would draft new securities laws to license Bitfinex securities to administer the volcano bonds. The other $500 million raised from bond sales will theoretically be used to start construction on Bitcoin City, a charter city in a special economic zone. Bitcoin City would have no income, property, contract, or city tax. The only tax would be value-added tax, or VAT, half of the proceeds from which would be used to fund the city and half to pay back the bonds. The original Blockstream Volcano Bonds proposal suggests spending the second $500 million on Bitcoin mining equipment rather than a city, and it calculates a price of $50,000 per Bitcoin. So what do you guys think about this topic? Bitcoin failed in El Salvador. The president says the answer is more Bitcoin. Comment down below and let me know. What you think about El Salvador Nayib Bukele? Is he delusional or is he a genius? All right. Before we get on to round two, just want to say thank you so much to all my subscribers and my listeners. I've been looking at analytics and I see people from US, Canada, and Japan. So let me know in the comments below if you are repping the West Coast or the East Coast. And if you have friends or family that want to learn more about unbiased crypto news, send them my link to the YouTube space or the podcast space. Again, Apple, Spotify, Google, or YouTube. Again, thank you so much. Let's keep on going. Article number four. Quant explains how this Bitcoin crash is different from Maze. So Quant has explained that the Bitcoin exchange reserve on chain indicator differs between the current crash and that of Maze. After spiking ahead of the crash, Bitcoin exchange reserves have resumed downtrend. As explained by an analyst in a CryptoQuant post, the current trend in BTC exchange reserves is quite different from when the crypto crashed in May. The all-exchange reserve is a Bitcoin indicator that measures the total amount of coins currently present in wallets of all exchanges. If the metrics value goes up, it means investors are depositing their coins to exchanges. Holders usually transfer their BTC exchange wallets for withdrawing to fiat or for purchasing altcoins. Because of this, such a trend may be bearish for the coin. On the other hand, if the exchange reserve goes down, it implies holders are withdrawing their Bitcoin to personal wallets, as investors usually do this for hodling purposes. This kind of trend can be bullish for the crypto. So here is a chart that shows the trend in the value of the BTC exchange reserve around May 2021 crash. As the above graph shows, Bitcoin exchange reserves were showing an uptrend since a while before the crash. After price declined, the indicator mostly moved sideways for months. Below is another chart, this time for the metric current trend. According to this graph, the value of the indicator had been dropping off since a while. However, right before the Bitcoin crash, the metrics value suddenly shot up. 
But since the price crash, the reserves have again come down and looking set to resume the previous downtrend. This means that overall, the reserves have been declining for a while now. This is where the current market differs from that of May. The quant believes that because of this trend, Bitcoin is still bullish in the mid of or the long term, unless the reserves flip upwards. So the BTC price, at the time of writing, Bitcoin's price floats around 48.2K, down 15% in the last seven days. Over the past month, the crypto has lost 21% in value. The below chart shows the trend in price of BTC over the past five days. A few days back, Bitcoin's price crashed down to 42K before quickly jumping back up to current levels. However, since then, the coin has not shown any signs of recovery as it has mostly moved sideways. So there you guys have it. Quant explains how this Bitcoin crash is different from May's. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think about this. All right. Last but not least, our main topic today, investing in crypto, question mark. What to know about the new tax reporting requirements. So reporting your cryptocurrency trades to the Internal Revenue Service, IRS, will no longer be based on an honor system. Starting with tax year 2023, any of your potentially taxable digital asset transactions will be reported to the agency by an outside party. If you ever held a job or invested in stocks, you know the money you make is reported to the federal government. That's because you and the IRS get a W-2 form from your employer that reports your annual earnings and a form 1099 from your broker that reports your stock transactions. Until now, however, there have been no comparable third-party reporting requirements in place for cryptocurrency trades and transfers or for any other digital assets such as NFTs. But the recently passed infrastructure law includes provisions requiring crypto industry players that broker digital asset transactions to issue 1099BS for their customers' accounts, which you will receive in early 2024 to reflect your 2023 transactions. And in a bid to make it harder to launder money, the new law also requires a business to report to the IRS whenever it receives more than $10,000 of cryptocurrency in a single transaction or in two or more related transactions, just as it must when it receives cash above that threshold. Willfully willing to do so can be prosecuted as a federal felony. These new reporting requirements will affect investors trading digital assets in a few ways. So one, you can stay anonymous. The new reporting requirements represent a potential upside for crypto investors in two ways. One, they're a sign that crypto is here to stay. And given the headache of trying to keep track of all your transactions, getting a 1099 may prove helpful. But the downside will be a loss of anonymity for those who want to keep their transactions private on principle or who have not met their tax obligations. When you open a bank or brokerage account, you have to provide a lot of personal information that gets cross-checked to confirm you are who you say you are. You have to provide your legal name, address, phone number, and social security number or other taxpayer identification number, among other things. But when you set up a crypto-related account, the information you're asked to give varies by platform. Until this year, it was pretty common you could open an account or digital wallet with a name and email, said Aaron Fenimore, head of information report at Taxbit, a cryptocurrency tax software provider. Come 2023, that will change in many instances. You're going to be asked for personal information that you're most likely will not have been asked for in the past, Fenimore said. And the platforms required to report your transactions will have to verify that you are who you are and say that you are. 
In addition, when a digital asset is transferred from one broker to another, the transferring broker will have to issue a statement to re the receiving broker that includes basis and holding period information on the transferred asset so the receiving broker can satisfy its 1099 reporting requirements. So what are reportable events? Not every crypto transaction will require third-party reporting because not every crypto transaction is a taxable event. Just buying crypto is not taxable or reportable under the law. You have to do something with it, such as sell or exchange it, Fenimore said. But since the reporting entity may not have all information related to a transaction, it's going to be a practical challenge to always have the tax basis for each trade or transfer, said Christopher Murrer, uh, an association in FinTech group of Baker McKenzie Zurich. For example, you might transfer Bitcoin from one of your non-custodial digital wallets to an established crypto exchange, and then later sell it from that account. The cost basis on the sale may be reported as zero or as the price it was the day you originally transferred the currency, not the price it was the day you actually bought it. So you'll have to explain to the IRS why the information on your 1099 is wrong. Ultimately, it's incumbent on the taxpayer to report the accurate tax basis on their personal tax filings, Murrer said. So who exactly must report? Some in the crypto industry have suggested that the law is written so broadly that various players such as miners and software providers could be defined as brokers, even though they may not have anything to do with the brokering of a taxable transaction. If so, those who may be wrongly classified could be saddled with massive reporting obligations, as Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong said on Twitter. There is a similar lack of clarity about what will be considered a business for the purposes of reporting large single transactions. This is a new industry, so it's hard to know what regulators will think is a business. Murr said, noting that it's unclear, for instance, how decentralized finance, DeFi activities, staking pools, and NFTs might be classified. But greater clarity is expected when the Treasury Department issues regulations for how to interpret and implement the law's reporting requirements. A senior Treasury official said the department has been in discussions with industry players to better define which types of entities should be defined as brokers traders and businesses for reporting purposes, noting that it's highly improbable that miners could ever be considered brokers. Crafting those regulations is a top priority for the department and they will be issued in the coming months, the official said. When they are, there will be a public notice and comment period before the rules are finalized. So there you guys have it, especially for the US listeners and watchers investing in crypto, what to know about the new tax reporting requirements. There will be a new 1099-DS form that you'll have to fill out in 2024 to reflect 2023 taxes. So comment down below and let me know what you guys think about that. All right, let's take a look at the prices one last time before we head out. At number one, BTC is at $50,579. Ethereum, $4,334. Binance Coin $589, Tether $1, Solana $194, Cardano $1.44, USD Coin $1, XRP $0.83, Polkadot $27, and last but not least, Terra at $66. So there you guys have it. Thank you so much for making it this far into the crypto podcast and YouTube video. Again, this is Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Catch me on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
And if you have friends or family that are interested in unbiased news, send them my way on the YouTube space, Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Other than that, please have a great crypto day and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.